The legend himself, the one, the only Kenny G joins us here this afternoon. Kenny, how are you? Hey, Jeff. How are you? I'm good, thanks. Uh, tell us about this uh, this new track, this uh, new song with Imperial Triumphant. Uh, how did this all come about? Well, it's, it's really because of my son, Max, who is a heavy metal guitar player, and he uh, joins their band on occasion and tours with them. And they approached him and asked if the two of us wanted to do a solo on, on one of their songs together. And so my son kind of basically... Uh, showed me exactly where I was supposed to play and and help me because I couldn't really understand the song myself until he explained it to me. Okay. <laughs> it's a, it, it features the two of you, and is this something that uh, you're going to mix into your own uh, playlist, do you think, your own set list? Uh, absolutely not. It will not be my <laughs> playlist. So, uh, folks, if you're coming to my concert, don't get scared. You will not hear this tune. But uh, maybe, I mean, if my son ever wants to come and sit in, who knows what will happen. But uh, he's such a good guitar player that, um, you know, he, he that's his genre, and he sounds great on it. I thought I did, I thought I did great as well, and it was just a cool thing to do because it, those kind of things don't happen every day. Mm -hmm. Is it liberating to do something so different musically, Kenny? In a way it is because um, I know that just the idea that I'm doing it is half of it and the notes that I play are the other half. And normally when I do my my own music, to me it's just all about the the every single note has to be absolutely perfect. Uh, but this is a song that, that I didn't really, uh, you know, obviously didn't compose it. So for me, I'm just doing my best with a different genre. So it's a little bit easier. Yeah, tell us a bit about with Father's Day uh, coming up, fast approaching uh, this uh, weekend. You mentioned uh, working with your son uh, Max, and just uh, what that dynamic has been like between the two of you, and now this uh, shared love of uh, music uh, performing together. Well, you know, listen, I've, uh, we've had a great relationship since day one. He's twenty eight now. He's doing his thing. He's you know he's become a fantastic guitar player. And my other son Noah, he's in film music, so. Um, and he's working at a studio in L.A. under um, this really great uh, composer named Ludwig Gornson, who's they're working on the Black Panther 2 movie. So it, the cool thing is that and I'm flattered that both my sons, they must have liked what they saw growing up because they both wanted to get into the music side of things. So I'm flattered that they looked up to me that way. Yeah, because, I mean, that could go one of two ways, right? Because if they were surrounded by that, that's something that maybe they could have uh, rebelled against as well. Yeah, no, no question. You never know. Um, but they obviously liked what they saw. And I think they both appreciated my practice regime because I practice every day for three hours. I, that's just my thing. I do it every day, day in, day out, year after year. And they've seen it uh, all their lives. So they know that um, success doesn't just come that easily. You have to work really hard for it. And they work hard. So they're, they're, they're in the process. Doesn't mean that they will necessarily have the same career I have, but at least they know that they will become their best. And be, if they do that, they know that they will, you know, they'll have a great career no matter what it ends up being. They just have to be their best. Well, obviously, they had a great uh, example in you, and I wanted to talk to you a bit more about that and the uh, documentary, uh, Listening to Kenny G, that uh, is so good and has been embraced by uh, music fans uh, all over the world. It's a big, big hit, this uh, doc. And that is one of the things that uh, we see and that you talk about, because I think a lot of people, when they see Kenny G, I mean, you look like such a natural when it comes to music and playing the uh, sax. Is that something that came easy or was it uh, always a lot of hard work, Kenny? 
Well, you know, the words hard work, sometimes people think that it's not enjoyable. I, I love hard work. Hard work to me, that's, that's fun. That's, uh, I, you live for that. I mean, you know, if you look at uh, Steph Curry and uh, you watch him, you know, shoot those, th those three pointers, you would say, oh, you look so, that looks so easy to you. But I'm, I know he practices all the time. You know, as good as he is, he still practices. Same here. I practice all the time because I just really like being my best. And that kind of hard work is, is satisfying. It's, it's fun to me. I'm wired that way. And I try to inspire at least my kids, of course, but anybody that's, that uh, was looking for like, how would you do it? How do you go about getting this done? My, my answer is usually just practice it a lot and you'll get better at it. And it'll probably, it'll probably um, happen because you practice so hard. Yeah, but you still practice, you still work at this, your craft, three hours approximately a, a day after all these years. And I guess if so, uh, I mean, this is obviously, it's your true passion, isn't it? Absolutely. This morning, um, let's see, I got up uh, about 6.30. I started practicing at 7. I took the horn out of my mouth at 10. And that was my normal morning. Uh, and that's about my hours. So, yeah, it's it's I love it because every day... I'm working on uh, scales and patterns. I mean, it's not like, um, you know, we stay in hotels a lot. I'm not in a hotel today, but um, people say, oh, you know, I, I wish I was in the room next to you because I could hear you practice. Right. And I'm thinking you really don't want to hear me practice because it's, it's like a guy going to the gym and then he goes out and plays his sport. So I'm basically in the gym working out when I'm doing my practicing. I'm doing my scales. I'm doing this and that. So it's not a beautiful sound. But it's how I keep my skill level high. Right. Has anybody knocked on the wall and said, Kenny, enough already? Uh, they're in the hotel room next to you. Can we just get a little songbird, please? <laughs> <laughs> I, wish, I wish they would say that because then they'd know it was me and they'd probably give me a little bit of a break. But no, normally they, it was like, hey, can you keep the noise level down? It's uh, your neighbor. So I go, okay, okay. And then I, <laughs> I try to stuff some sort of a washcloth in my saxophone bell and play as softly as I can and see if I can still get my time in. But a lot of times what I'll do is I'll go down to the desk and say, listen, do you have a boardroom? Do you have a conference room? Oh, how about one of your offices? Can I just go in there for a couple of hours? And people are pretty accommodating. They, they, they seem to, they want me to practice and it makes me feel good that they open their doors to me. Okay. Next hotel I'm at, the first thing I'm doing is checking the city. Is it on Kenny G's tour schedule? Could he possibly be at my hotel? And I'm checking all of the conference rooms. That's it. There you go. <laughs> that, that, that should do it. Listen, also in the documentary, Listening to Kenny G, I was really struck by this because at one point you're asked, uh, how are you doing? How are you feeling? And you responded, underappreciated. Can you explain that for us? Oh, it's, it's just a joke. Completely a joke. Okay. I mean, just wanted to make the director laugh. And of course, yeah, I have no idea what's going to be in the film. So I, I had forgotten all about that because it was just a, a momentary me just trying to be funny. Yeah. What was it like uh, doing the documentary and seeing that uh, doc and uh, looking back some 75 million albums later? Well, you know, it's I don't necessarily think about my career in the way that that you do. If, as a, if, if you're directing a, a documentary, you want to talk about the whole thing. So I never think about all the things that I've accomplished. So watching it, I just I was smiling because I go, oh, yeah, I remember that. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Oh, look at my hair there. Oh, my gosh. What was I wearing? <laughs> And then I'd hear some of my music, oh, I can do it so much better now. So for me, it was, it was, it was hard to watch in that way. But then I'm, all, I'm, I'm actually pretty at peace with 
the past. So I know that I can't change it. So I don't beat myself up over things that I can't change. So those two things were going on pretty much. I, I appreciated all the things that happened, cringed at a bunch of moments and then just kind of smiled and, and it was cool. And I actually was funny to hear the critics because normally I read them in an article, but I never actually see their faces talking critically about me. And then I could see the actual faces of these guys. And it was actually pretty, uh, it actually made me smile even more. Yeah. Are you finding there's a whole new appreciation for you and your music thanks to this doc? I think so. I think people are um, understanding that what I do isn't just, uh, you know, put the horn to the mouth and and play like these um, these soft melodies and somehow that's that I've taken the easy route out of playing the saxophone. They, it's not even anything like that. So I think people see that and, and, and I think they do maybe appreciate a little bit more of what, what goes into my music. And I think actually the critics that were in the film, I think by the end of the film, at least it looked like they were softening a little bit. Mm. Yeah. And music, what is music for you, Kenny G? I mean, you, I mentioned off the top, uh, you just, you are so good at just uh, creating a mood uh, for us all. Is that where it all starts for you is creating a mood or what does music mean to Kenny G? It's really about the melody. It's finding the right notes that work for whatever I'm feeling. Uh, you know, I don't have a formula for creating a melody, but somehow they, they, they happen. And when I, when I know I've got a melody that's that's something special that's that's what music is to me and and then i take that melody and i make i make a song out of it and then the song has to have a structure that works and i don't really even know what that is because everyone's different so it's just uh you know it's just kind of coming up with these sounds and 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 making that melody work as a as an entire song because sometimes i'll write a melody but i can't make a song out of it and they just kind of sit in the back of my mind and I'm hoping that someday they'll come out because mm. I have a few really great melodies that I haven't been able to figure out how to make a song out of them. And why the uh, sax, by the way, Kenny, because you mentioned your son, uh, Max, uh, a few moments ago, and I think a, a lot of kids gravitate to that, to the guitar, which uh, he's playing. Uh, but why was it the saxophone for you? Well, actually, just because I saw someone on TV playing and it was somehow inspired me when I was a kid. And that was really it. Uh, there wasn't, uh, my parents never played any music in the house, literally never played any music in the house. Like really? The first, yeah. The first music that was ever played was when I was about, I think 15 or so when I had a, a actual record of somebody like Grover Washington Jr. And I played it on a record player that we had a record player, but it was never used ever. Like I never, I never remember one time that there was many music in my house, which was interesting as I think back on it, but it certainly didn't stop me from wanting to do it. Did you say, Mom, Dad, what is this for, this turntable? It's been here for years. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I know. <laughs> here with the uh, great Kenny G. Kenny will be in Toronto on Monday. Roy Thompson Hall headlining an evening of what's being billed as an evening of uh, ballads and bravery, all in support of uh, High Lifeline uh, Canada. What more can you tell us about uh, Monday night, Kenny? Yeah, well, the, the, the charity High Lifeline, it's, um, it's a beautiful thing that they do for families that let's say there's a, you have a sick person in your family that needs care, like hospital care. You know, it, it really affects the whole family. And this uh, charity takes care of the family. You know, there's lots of things that, you know, think about the siblings and the parents. They got to come from out of town to get the, the, the right kind of uh, health care in the hospital. And 
So it, it helps pay for, you know, room and board and, you know, uh, whatever else is needed, teachers, uh, the things that go on with the family that they have to keep going on, even though there's one person that needs all that care. So it's a really great, great cause. Uh, Michael Bolton's going to be there that night. I don't, don't know if you know that, but he'll be he'll be playing as well. So the two of us are really headlining this this venue, and it's going to be super cool. All right, yeah, look forward to it. For more information, you can go online to uh, highlifelineacanada.org. Kenny, thank you for this and all you're doing uh, for the charity on uh, Monday night. Uh, really appreciate it. And uh, by the way, before we let you go, I know you're a huge golfer and golf fan, so we have to ask you, U.S. Open teed off today. Who do you got? Oh, gosh. I, I, you know what? Thanks for telling me that. I've got to make sure I've got it uh, DVR'd. <laughs> yes. Um, well, you know, listen, I'm, I've always been a Rory fan. So I, I, I'm, I'm always hoping that he wins. So he's kind of one of my favorites. I like Adam Scott. Um, I would mention a few other people that I like, but I don't want to mention them right now because of all the other things that are going on. But, um, but those two in, in particular, I always like seeing them them play well. Is Tiger play, Tiger's playing, right? Uh, unfortunately, no. He dropped out because uh, he oh. said he just needs some time, uh, a little more time to let his body heal and get stronger. But Rory is a great pick because he's uh, finished his first round. He is tied for the lead. And, of course, a lot of love for Rory McIlroy around uh, Toronto and Canada this uh, past week, winning the uh, Canadian Open uh, last week. Yeah, that was great. The two birdies at the end to, to win was awesome. And what a nice guy. I've met him many times, by the way. I can tell you this for for sure. He is a very nice, I would call him a kid, but maybe he's not (laughs) such a kid anymore. But he's a great guy, always easy to talk to. And uh, I played like, I think I've played two full rounds with him. And he was so cool. Like I, I asked him a million questions about his swing and he was always very easy to talk to about it. Not that, not that unfortunately, you, you, he can tell me any, everything he's doing doesn't mean I can do it. Right. But it was just fun, and he was open because some some guys just you know they just close down when you play with some of these pros. But he was awesome, so I'm always rooting on rooting for him. And he's you know he's a father now. I think is this his first Father's Day or his second? I'm not sure, but he's uh, probably feeling pretty great about this weekend as well. Without a doubt. And as well, Kenny G, you are very easy to talk to. Thank you again so much for this. We look forward to seeing you along with Michael Bolden, Roy Thompson Hall, Monday night in Toronto, all in benefit of High Lifeline at Canada. Kenny, thanks again. Much appreciated. Thank you, Jeff. Talk to you soon. Got it. The great Kenny G. And we're back after this. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.